0: All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, before we get to the announcements in the sermon, we've got a child/children dedication. Shoemakers come on up. Um, as they come up, I just want to uh, a, welcome them. Uh, we love the Shoemakers so much, as well as the whole Harris Shoemaker crew over here. It's like a fourth of the church right here. Uh, rolling very deep this morning. Glad to have you guys. Um, But what we're about to do is what we call a child dedication, and this is an opportunity for Josh and Brittany to make a public declaration, a commitment before the Lord and their church um, that they are going to raise these children in the ways of the Lord, and they are already doing so. Uh, it's an opportunity for us just as a church to publicly express our desire uh, to come alongside, encourage, pray, and walk with uh, another family at the church. Um, and we got a couple of relevant scriptures that I always read, uh, or Leanne and I always read uh, prior to this. So you can hit the next slide there, Emily. The first one's from 1 Samuel 1:27 through 28, and it says, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Then Matthew 19 says, Then then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. So like I said, this is an opportunity for us to honor these scriptures and an opportunity for us to say that that we're not saying these children are saved because we're praying for them, but we are saying that they are blessed uh, this morning uh, and blessed as children that have parents that know Jesus, are following Jesus, and get to be a part of the church community together. Uh, And one thing I want to say before we get started here, uh, for those of you who are newer to the church, uh, the Shoemakers are... Part of the original core team that helped plant Redeemer. Uh, when we, yeah, whoa, whoa, you don't know what that means, but yes, we're in <laughs> for it. Uh, when we first started, um, we before we had a, a building, um, we had monthly services, um, and I'll cry thinking about this, uh, in the shoemaker's living room. Uh, so we would move all their couches uh, to the outer rim of their living room. People would sometimes sit on the stairs going up. Children's ministry was simply a bunch of pack-and-plays in the bedrooms upstairs, uh, putting kids to sleep at night. Um, But they were so gracious to host The original church uh, for those 18 months that we met as a team. Uh, So they've been a very foundational part of Redeemer, and we are incredibly grateful for your faithfulness to the church. Uh, So I would love for you guys uh, just to give us a chance to introduce um, your lovely children to us. Um, Actually, let's use this mic right here. Um, Your lovely children to us, as well as tell us a little bit about them. It should be, yeah. Uh, brown.
1: Brownish? Oh, brownish. Heyo. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, thanks, yeah, thanks for coming here. i uh, really excited about dedicating our children. Got a little bit behind the curve on, uh, on Nora. And then, uh, we found out we were having Layla, so we decided to wait, and then COVID happened, so we were like, well, let's just wait till the end and do them all at once. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, we have three kids. First off, starting with Nora. Nora is Layal shoemaker. She's six years old. Uh, Layal is uh, in memory of uh, my niece, my brother's daughter, who died at a young age. Yeah, so we just wanted to remember her and honor her, and, and having that loss, and remember her as, as Nora grows up. So, and then there's uh, Layla, who's four years old. She was named by a waiter in Pine Mountain. <laughs> uh, there's, no, there's There's a story. It's, uh, you yeah, we were on a baby moon, and uh, it's this waiter at this little restaurant we were at was, uh, told us that he would name our, our kid if he got a dessert, so... No, that's good. But he was from uh, he's from uh, the Middle East. I think he was Syrian, and he was uh, telling us about the Arabic roots of the two names. And it was kind of like you know uh, they play off each other, opposites, and, but similar, which is very true. So it's uh, it kind of a good name for her And then uh, Josiah, uh, here's shoemaker. Uh, Story behind his name is uh, between Nora and Layla. Okay, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that's okay. good. Uh, we had had a. a miscarriage between these two. Uh, It was kind of an early early in the pregnancy and maybe not necessarily unexpected. Hey, stop it. (laughs) This is why you get when they're young. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, there was a loss there. We kind of processed that. And then uh, between Layla and Josiah, uh, at maybe 12 weeks, 13 weeks, uh, we had had another pregnancy and then very unexpectedly during the doctor's uh, just a random checkup we found out that we had lost that uh, pregnancy. And that was a, you know, much, well, both of them were difficult and had to process through, but that was so unexpected and so difficult for us to have to process through. Uh, but we kind of came together as a family and processed through that. And then uh, kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then, uh, you know, kind of when the window opened uh, physically for us to maybe think about getting pregnant again, uh, we were kind of trying to decide if we should. We weren't necessarily trying, but we were Trying, you know, not trying, uh, and then uh, you know we were just kind of worried that that might drag on for a while, and then, you know there's kind of a you know concern there, you know if we just try to keep trying or try harder, which was always my vote, and then uh, but, but very quickly we uh, we found out we were pregnant again, uh, just almost yeah, immediately, and that was a, a very very solid and very quick answer to prayer, uh, for if we should have another child, and uh, so Josiah means it's uh, a, biblical name that means that God heals uh, because he definitely healed us physically healed us spiritually, healed us emotionally uh, yeah we just wanted to remember that and honor the the losses that we had between the, between the other children and remember those and uh, just give honor to, honor to God and then yeah this kind of makes me think through you know what dedication means obviously whenever we, whenever we had any of these pregnancies even the losses we had, we dedicated them all to God so you know they're all within um, Know, something we can't truly understand, I guess, here on, on this side of heaven. But you know, they're all they're all God's God's children, and we were just kind of here to to guide them along the way. And then, uh, yeah, and talk and pray for it.
0: Well, I'll do the praying. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you pray my, at the end. Church. You have
1: the sermon team, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Once we give you the mic, we don't take it back until yeah, you're done. No, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're
1: too uh, yeah, I can tell you.
0: Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: we just like love to ask for prayer uh, from our family and our community uh, for these kids and for us as uh, parents to be able to, to, to parent them well. Obviously, they're growing up differently in different ways that we know how to kind of parent them. We're obviously not doing such a great job right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need the prayer, obviously. <laughs> or, uh, stay, stay very still. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it actually worked. See, it works. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, Gab will just. uh still me and Brittany and kind of the, the ability to talk through things as needed and, and parent them in ways that uh, reflect God's love to them and God's mercy and grace and that we're, we're good, uh, that we're just mirrors of, of God's, of all those uh, yeah, attributes of God, God's grace, mercy, love, uh, that you know, our, our own sinfulness and sinful nature don't get in the way of that so that at a very young age these kids could grow a true appreciation of the scripture and God and build a good foundation of faith that will serve well and as they grow up that they use that foundation to continue to grow in their love of God and the scripture and, and the church and that they can, uh, yeah, prosper, uh, you know, economically, but also mostly just uh, bring about God's kingdom on earth, you know, through their lives. So, yeah, anything else? Ready? Uh, <laughs> Not a lot of people speak at their in dedication. So.
0: Amen, amen. You hang on to that mic. Um, yes, we would definitely be praying for that, and we would love for you guys just, even in your Phones or somewhere else, just write down a couple things to to be praying for the Shoemakers, Um, and we we take that commitment very seriously, and we are, yeah, grateful to get to have so many kids at this church. Uh, So what we will do now is I will ask you guys a couple of questions, um, and you will, if you agree, you'll say we will, uh, and then we will transition and ask you all some questions. Uh, The questions will be up on uh, the screen, but they're also printed off right here for you guys, uh, so you don't have to look backwards. Um, Here we go. Ladies, you guys can also read if you'd like to but uh okay as nora layla and josiah's parents do you commit to share with them the love of christ through the reading of scripture as well as with your words and your actions
1: be, be well.
0: do you commit to praying for nora layla and josiah and praying that they would grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of jesus christ is be well. amen amen and now i will turn do you all I want to ask a couple of questions uh, just for you to publicly acknowledge uh, your commitment as church members to uh, the Shoemaker family? As friends and family of the Shoemakers, will you commit to praying for Nora, Layla, and Josiah, encouraging them and teaching them about the person and work of Jesus Christ? Amen. Do you all commit to not only encouraging and praying for Nora, Layla, and Josiah, but also for Josh, Brittany, and their family? you all commit to giving them weekly babysitting on Friday nights. Uh, Just kidding, that's a bonus. Uh, uh, But we are so grateful for your commitment and for just the public prayer that we acknowledge together. Uh, So what we'll do now is we'll pray uh, all together as a congregation. It will be up on the screen, and I will close this in prayer specifically for the shoemakers. So you can pray right along uh, with me, and I'll pray the first part, and you'll join me uh, where it's in red. So bow your heads with me, please. Into your hands, O oh God, we place your children, Nora, Layla, and Josiah. We pray that you would support them in their successes and in their failures, in their joys and in their sorrows. As they grow in age, may they grow in grace and in the knowledge of their Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now you're joined together with me. Almighty God, giver of life and love, bless Josh and Brittany. Grant them wisdom and devotion in the ordering of their common life, that each may be to the other a strength in need, a counselor in perplexity, a comfort in sorrow, and a companion in joy. And so knit their wills together in your will, and their spirits in your spirit, that they may live together in love and peace all the days of their life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And Father, we do pray specifically for Josh and Brittany that they would reflect your love, your peace, your hope, uh, your kindness, uh, your patience uh, to their children. Uh, Give them wisdom as they navigate what it looks like uh, to raise these kiddos, uh, these two girls and this son uh, in, in Atlanta, in the, in the current uh, cultural climate that we have. Give them wisdom to navigate all the questions that they'll have about school uh, and sports and childhood and how uh, best to do devotions at home. Uh, but more than anything, uh, we pray that their home would be a place of peace. We pray for Josh and Brittany's marriage that would be it would be a marriage filled with intimacy uh, and joy and laughter and that these children would grow up seeing a mother who loves their father and a father who loves their mother and father may we as a church do everything we can uh, to support uh, this family as well as the other families at Redeemer Uh, give us wisdom and discernment how best to do that practically um, but give us hearts more than anything uh, that see us as a community together not just a room of individuals um, but a community together uh, seeking to be a part of your kingdom and live out this calling as a local church. In Saint Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys.
2: Good morning, everybody. Um, I am Rachel, the worship director here. I'd just like to give a shout out to Linda for leading this morning. Thank you. We're grateful for you and for all of our worship team. Um, I'd like to go ahead and start off by welcoming our new visitors. If you have not been to Redeemer before, we're so grateful to have you. Um, if you feel comfortable, just kind of maybe putting your hand up a little bit so we can see those who are new. Yeah. I love it. We have a little gift for you. Um, will you keep them up just so Christy can see who's here? We have a little um, gift for you just to say thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. We're glad to have you. And Redeemer members, if you see anybody with a hand raised near you, please um, think to say hello to them later. All right. During Pass the Peace or whenever. Um, our next announcement is Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. So we are coming up on Lent. Um, so this Wednesday, we will um, begin Lent with our worship service for Ash Wednesday. So it's going to be 7 p.m. There will be child care. So please come worship with us. Drew and or Pastor Drew and Pastor Leon will be collared, which is something a little different. Um, so come to look for the collars, if nothing else. <laughs> Um, Well, also, um, this is also the service where we mark, where Pastor Drew and Pastor Leon will mark us with the cross on our foreheads, just reminding us that to dust, well, from dust we've come and to dust we will return. So it's just Lent is a season where we um, specifically focus on our sin, where we join the Lord in the wilderness and um, we learn from him as he fasted and prayed and um, became powerful through the Holy Spirit, and we want to follow him in that. So, in keeping with Lent, two things um, I'd like to introduce. So, we are going to give you an invitation, if you would like, to memorize Psalm 51. So, this is something we'd like to do as a church. We will have a memorization guide ready for you um, on next Sunday, maybe Wednesday, depending on the printer. Um, But either way, we'll have a guide for you. And there's um, just an explanation as to why um, we feel a direction for Psalm 51 and how to use it. And then, um, but yeah, it'll be over the course of the six weeks of Lent. So join us in that. And then the other thing is we... um, Y'all worked so hard on these Lent devotionals, and they're so good. So we're reprinting them. Um, so that's also another option for you guys. If even if you followed the devotional last year in Lent, you can follow it again. Um, so yeah, those are some two guy or two options for you if you um, so choose. Oh yeah, it's okay. <laughs>
3: This is my first time up here, so good morning. (laughs) Please have some grace. (laughs) Um, So we have our Discipleship meeting, um, Connection meeting today after church. We will not have pancakes, we'll have bagels. But um, the whole point is just really for us to get an idea of how the discipleship groups are going. For you guys to bring your concerns, to bring um, the praises, the testimonies, anything that we can do better. Um, if you're just interested in discipleship groups, maybe you just want to hear more about it, please come and have a bagel with us and talk to us. Please come, yay. Okay, I've been trying to avoid giving an announcement since I started coming, but here I am. It's my first time, too. (laughs) So I'm part of Team Fun, um, which means that we bring fun things for y'all to do with us. I like to play bingo with Matt in Smyrna. Um, Yes, we feel very old admitting that. Um, But it's at a restaurant called Varner's. You can see it on the screen. It's at 6.30, and I'm inviting you all to come play with us next Sunday. It is family-friendly, plenty of parking. Um, Matt's nemesis is a child. So... That's always fun to see too, but we typically go, we grab dinner, it's a time to hang out, to have fellowship. So if you want to come, please just send me a text, send me an email, or you can find me after church and let me know. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Bella. Um, Okay, I've got a couple of announcements for the sermon here. Uh, The first is uh, a thing called Shared Meals, um, and so this is something that we've done for the last couple of years, um, but we just don't talk about it enough, um, but in essence, like, If a visitor, if you're newish to the church, you've had coffee with Leon or I, we haven't scared you off, Uh, we will sometimes just say, hey, would you like to connect with a member uh, at the church, an individual or a family or some group of them? Um, And there's about 10 or 12 folks that have signed up to be a part of what we call um, the connection team. Um, And so we just connect you for dinner and then you guys take it from there. So if you're interested in this, um, feel free to shoot me an email um, and I would just connect you to another family at the church that lives kind of nearish to you. Um, uh, and also, if you are a member at Redeemer and would like to be a part of the team that hosts uh, folks, uh, let me know. Uh, we would love uh, to add you to that list. Uh, but it's a really great opportunity just to get connected to some folks at the church. Uh, next announcement is that we have a baptism class coming up. Um, and so this, these dates, uh, March 5th, 12th, 26th, and April 5th. Um, these are for uh, kiddos that are looking to get uh, are interested in baptism. And so if you are a parent in this room and would like more information about this? Uh, you can reach out to myself or to Ruby. Uh, where's Ruby? Raise your hand, Ruby. There she is, uh, Ruby. Um, and and then you got one more week, and you can also reach out to Anna um, or There's Daewoon. Anna used to be sitting right there. Um, Anna comes back from maternity leave next week, but don't reach out to her this week. She got one more week of her maternity leave. Um, but if you are interested in this, this does not mean that your child is is committing to be baptized. Uh, sometimes kids go through the class, and uh, the parents and us determine like it's probably just not. Not the best time for them yet, Um, and that's totally okay. Uh, So there's a lot of freedom here, but if they're interested, it's a four-week class. Um, It's very low-key, but just a, a great way for them to kind of learn more about what it is to walk with Jesus. Uh, next uh, announcement is that we have our Next Steps meeting. This is directly after church, uh, and so we will be in the trailers, but this is for folks who are interested in learning a little bit more about membership, so you've been visiting for a while, or it's even your first Sunday. Uh, we've ordered uh, some Moe's burritos, so even if you didn't sign up, uh, we can, we'll can we still accommodate you. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, this will be last about 45 minutes or so, and we just kind of walk through the story of Redeemer as well as kind of the important things uh, that we are calling members to, as well as our commitment to you. You all as members. Speaking of membership, uh, we have our next members meeting on the 5th of March. Um, And so this is for anyone who is a member at the church. Um, And so we want you to come. We do these three times a year around this time of year in the summer and in the fall. Uh, So at this meeting, we'll kind of look back. On 2022, uh, it'll be kind of a big financial report uh, from Bella's husband, Matt, uh, wherever he is, uh, our finance uh, chair. Um, And so as well as kind of looking ahead at the next few months. So we would love for you to come. We will do a dessert potluck. Uh, So right at 7, we will eat desserts, um, load up with sugar, and then talk to you about money. Um, And so um, this meeting will hopefully last about an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, If it goes more than 8.30, um, we all get cranky and we start to head home. Uh, So we will not keep you past 8.30. Child care will be provided. And if you are not yet a member um, and are interested in membership, uh, we will do a membership installation at the beginning of this meeting. Uh, So I know there's a few people in that pipeline right now. So if you're interested and want to become a member, kind of now's the window uh, for you to sit down with us, uh, either come to the Next Steps meeting or reaching out to Pastor Leon or myself to grab coffee, and we will talk you through what it is to be a member at the church, um, as well as answer any questions that you have. Uh, Okay, uh, so that's all my announcements. Um, Ten today, uh, not a record, but we're getting close to it. Um, And if you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew 17. I'm going to have a drink of water and then read about Jesus. And fun fact here, so Psalm 51, I'm super excited about this memorization um, uh, guide uh, that Rachel's putting together. Um, Psalm 51, first sermon I ever preached 20 years ago uh, on Psalm 51. It was 52 minutes long, um, and there were six points to it, all starting with the letter R. Uh, At the end of it, there was a standing ovation, um, and I (laughs) later learned my buddies told me we were just clapping because you were done uh, after 52 (laughs) minutes, Uh, so... Psalm 51 holds a special place in my heart, Uh, but hopefully we'll not keep you for 52 minutes. Um, But if you start clapping, I'll know we're ready to wrap up. Um, But uh, this is Matthew 17. Uh, We'll go from verse 1 to verse 9. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, A bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him! Exclamation point. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and he touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Let's pray. Father, we are so incredibly grateful for the Bible we're so thankful that it it guides our lives, it guides our Sunday mornings, it guides us as we parent children. Uh, for those of you who have, have, for those of us who have parents, Father, we are our parents. Father, we're so grateful for the words of Scripture that we submit to. We recognize that our hearts are not to be trusted to guide us through life. So we trust the scriptures to guide us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us through this text this morning anything not from you may it fall to the wayside but father may you through the holy spirit convict us of sin grow us up mature us in the ways of jesus this morning and father we pray for our church we pray that we would continue to take steps towards more and more unity more and more sacrificial love for each other more of being known and loved by one another. May we all reflect your love to each other. May you be with those of us who are hurting, whether it's sadness or anxiety or physical health, whether it's relational disruption that's happened in our homes or in our relationships. Father, I pray that you would bring your kingdom to come for those who are struggling financially or with their housing, And may you give us opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. So this Bible that we read, these 66 books, it is a big old book. And a theme that we talk about at Redeemer, we kind of go back to over and over again, is that if we only know kind of the parts of the Bible that we really get excited about reading or we only know the New Testament because that feels like, oh, this is easier to apply to our lives, we oftentimes miss out on so much of who God is. Opportunities to miss out on deeper relationship, deeper appreciation of how big and how amazing and how loving our God is. If you want to know, God, your, your, your role, our role in this is to learn as much about God just like any other relationship that we have. And imagine a scenario to where two people, they got engaged and they, uh, you know, were going through the process of, you know, getting all uh, their premarital counseling to get in, to to get ready to be married. And I almost used our newest engaged couple, Jamie and Brandon, congratulations to them. Um, but Brandon's like too nice of a person to fit for this illustration, so it didn't really work. Um, but. Uh, but imagine a couple. We'll call them uh, Jill and Billy. Uh, Jill and Billy. And so, I. Well, so how that works? If you get engaged um, and you would like us to officiate your wedding, uh, Pastor Leon and myself, uh, we require that you go through premarital counseling. That can either be with us or it can be with uh, someone who is trained to do premarital counseling. Uh, but we won't. We won't officiate a wedding if you haven't gone through premarital counseling. We think it's that important. But say the first one of the first sessions. The couple is sitting down and we're talking to them, or I'm talking to them, and I look at Jill and I say, Jill, I'd love for you just to tell me about your childhood, your background, your family, because I think this is incredibly important to kind of the health of your marriage for you, for your spouse, for your future spouse to know kind of where you're coming from culturally as well as just what it looked like to grow up in your home. And imagine I said that, and then the, the, the future spouse, Billy, just raises his hand and he goes, You know what? I just don't know if we have time for this. Like, I mean, I sure, yeah, maybe, but like we got some other stuff to get to. We gotta talk about our finances. We gotta talk about where we're gonna live. Like, is it really that important? Like, why, why are we talking about this? It would be absurd for that fiancé to say that, but in essence, when we look at God and we say, all right, we just want to know about Jesus coming and then everything after that, it's like we are unwilling to know the fullness of who God is. And so we see from the Scripture that this story, these 66 books, are so connected to each other. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2, the first verses of this incredible book of Hebrews says, long ago... At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So God's been speaking to his people for thousands of years. So we read about this passage in Matthew 17, and it is a lot going on here. I mean, we see Moses, we see Elijah, we all of a sudden we got bright lights, God speaking. So what is going on here? But in order to understand this passage, we've got to look back at Moses and Exodus. So you see on Sundays, we read an Old Testament, a psalm a New Testament gospel, then another New Testament scripture, and the Old Testament scripture from today that is chosen for us from the lectionary, from a Bible reading plan that we subscribe to as an Anglican church, was Exodus 24, and that's not just a mistake. They don't just like, you know, it's like open the Bible and be like, mm, this is a good one, Numbers 14, let's do that one. There's a theme to it, and so we read from Exodus 24, which is talking about Moses. So I'm going to give a little kind of like a intro to Moses. If you're brand new to church, that's okay. Uh, if you're just like, oh, sweet name, I like that guy, but I don't know anything about him. Here's a little bit about him. Moses was the man that God chose a long, long time ago to bring redemption to God's people. Physical redemption, God specifically chose Moses to lead the Israelites from captivity in Egypt to a salvation in a place called the Promised Land. Which, fun fact, Moses didn't even get to experience that. It's a different sermon, but it's so good. Moses is also recognized as the mediator of what's known as the Old Covenant and is commonly referred to as the giver of the law that we have in Scripture. Finally, Moses is the principal author of the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, foundational for all that we believe as Christians. Dude's a big deal. And so, and so when Matthew's writing, he's writing in a way, and he's explaining this story in a way that specifically helps hearken back to the story of Moses. If we don't know the story of Moses, we read this and we're like, cool, up on a hill, a lot of stuff going on, let's keep moving here, like, you know, this would make a great painting, and then, you know, what else do we do with it? But for them, the original audience, and for us, as we want to be people that know the Old Testament, there's so much here. Emily's about to get carpal tunnel because we're about to go through like 75 slides to talk about this. But the first thing here is when we look at Moses and Jesus in this comparison, that Moses, back in Exodus, he went on a high mountain called Mount Sinai. We see a parallel to that, that what happens in this passage, Jesus takes his guys up to a high mountain by themselves in verse 1. The second is that Moses, has there's six days... Uh, Moses, the cloud covered the mountain in Exodus for six days, and the transfigurations after six days. The third one is that Moses, these three dudes are given special privileges. Uh, This was actually right before um, Anthony, what what Anthony read this morning, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. He got off the hook by not having to say those three names. Jesus had also his three dudes up there with him. Um, We have uh, Peter, James, and John, who we're going to talk about more. There's parallels are already starting here. Moses, in the Old Testament, when he ascends up to Mount Sinai, a cloud descends and covers the mountains, what happens in this passage, the same exact thing. We see the parallels here in the skin of Moses' face shone and was alarming to the people around him. What happens to Jesus? His face shone like the sun. What, I don't even know if I'm saying that word right. Shined? Shone? 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 Shone. We'll go shone. Shiny, yeah, it it did shine at some point. Um, Moses then, also we keep going here, verse 5, lots of shine, lots of, I knew I did it right up there. My notes were not right. Uh, Emily may have just like uh, made that better back there. Uh, The next one, after that, God calls out to Moses from the clouds. We see in this passage, Jesus' voice speaks, God's voice speaks from the clouds to Jesus. Keep going here, Moses, Israel is afraid When they see Moses in the story in Exodus, and what do we see here? The disciples, they are falling down because they're terrified. The last one is Moses. The people are comforted by Moses' voice in Exodus, and the disciples are comforted by Jesus' voice. What Matthew wants us, what the original audience and us to understand is that there is a bigger story happening here, and everything that that Moses was tasked with and accomplished, Jesus is tasked with and accomplished to the infinite degree. The difference between Moses and Jesus is that Jesus is even better than Moses. Moses reflected that radiance of God. He was more or less like he absorbed it and reflected it like a mirror back to the people, but the difference is that Jesus is God. And the radiance comes from Jesus in this passage. Verse 2, there he was transfigured before them. Jesus' face shone, I, I knew that shone word was right, shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Jesus is the mediator of this new covenant, the covenant of grace as we call it. And in a meeting like this, there would presume a meeting like this up on a mountain. In the Old Testament, there would have been a sacrifice. We even remember um, when Abraham and Isaac go up on the mountain and there needs to be a sacrifice so they find uh, the, the, the ram that's in the thicket. Meetings like that with God would always require a sacrifice, but there's no sacrifice in the transfiguration. Why? Because Jesus is, thank you, Jillian, Jesus is that sacrifice. No, bring it on, girl. Uh, <laughs> Jesus is that sacrifice. Jesus is that sacrifice that we are all longing for. So we see that Jesus is even the better Moses. So what do we learn here? First and foremost, we learn that Jesus is the center. This whole book has a bazillion words in it, and there's some parts that we just got done reading Amos with one of my daughters, and she had all sorts of questions, and I had all sorts of research to do at the end of it. And there's some books that are like, okay, I don't fully understand that, but I can tell you from Genesis through the Old Testament, the Gospels through Revelation, that Jesus is the center of this story. And the Old Testament is pointing to him. The Gospels are clearly pointing to him. All the epistles coming after, the letters coming after are talking about him and pointing us to him. So it begs the obvious question, because there's no Christianity apart from Jesus do our lives reflect this truth that Jesus is the center? If you took Jesus out of your life, you deleted that part, you you took a scalpel and cut him out of your life, how would your life change? Does the truth of who Jesus is impact you? Do we let his words instruct us? And in the relationships that we have, are we giving people our quote unquote goodness, our efforts, or are we giving them Jesus? One of my daughters is always uh, recommending kind of some new worship songs, and I'll get to later why it's, uh, it's not always my strength, a worship song. So she has this new one uh, that she recommended by this woman named Ann Wilson. Any Ann Wilson fans out there? Um, Great. That's how I felt when I first heard it. Um, But it's an incredible song, and it's called My Jesus. And this woman writes this song, and I'm not going to sing it for you, but she writes, He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave, ain't no sinner that he can save. Let me tell you, about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus and let my Jesus change your life. When Jesus is the center of who we are in the life that we live, when we see a broken and hurting world, We don't give them just simply our efforts to care, and it's not less than that, but we also are called to give them Jesus, to tell them about the one that that saved us, to tell them about the one that healed and is healing our brokenness. And are we doing, are we living that out? The second thing that I think God wants us to learn from this passage is that knowledge alone is not enough to be spiritually healthy. I'm going to say that again. Knowledge alone is not enough to be spiritually healthy. This experience up on this mountain, God has things that he's teaching all of us and teaching Peter, James, and John. But what's fascinating about this is we have to step back and ask the question, why did he even have this happen? Why did he even bring them up there? He could have totally done this by himself, just Jesus and God, you know, doing their thing, bring back Moses and Elijah, have an experience up there, and then come back down. Jesus could have told them about it. There's the theological truth here about who who Jesus is, that he was not reflecting the radiance of God, but he was the radiance of God. Jesus could have gotten on a whiteboard or whatever happened 2,000 years ago and kind of wrote in like three points, here's what I'm trying to explain to you, here's the Old Testament, you know, here's where I'm going with this. He could have given a lecture on this but he doesn't do that because he wants them to experience the glory of God and he wants them to worship him this experience of them being up on, the, on this mountain is for their good Second Peter one 16 to 16-18 I think there's a slide for this it says for we did not follow this is Peter speaking for we did not follow cleverly devise, devised myths When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He's thinking back to what happened at the transfiguration. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. That experience changed Peter enough that he refers back to it when he's encouraging the early church. God knew that Peter, of all people, he's going to have his ups and his downs. He knew the early church was going to have their ups and their downs. He knew that Redeemer Community Church in 2023, we are going to have our ups and our downs So he gave them that experience, and he longs to give us experiences of him as well. Because just knowledge alone isn't enough. Before I went back to seminary, or went to seminary, in my early 20s, I worked uh, for Habitat for Humanity. And so I worked for the Atlanta chapter, and my job was, I was one of like 12 people uh, that was in charge of uh, kind of overseeing the construction of the homes. It was a super fun gig. I loved the job so much, uh, but we would have these houses and uh, we would give them when we got the, the, the foundation uh, was completed and it was our job to lead a crew of 40 volunteers every Saturday for seven Saturdays and by the seventh one we'd dedicate the home and you know lay a saw and be ready to move in pretty much. It was bananas. Uh, total chaos for seven days but super fun. And my job was, in essence, to like be super nice to the volunteers so they do it next time, as well as kind of keep the keep everything moving and kind of just make sure, all right? This you know we're we're thinking ahead for the next step and the next step and the next step. And one of the Saturdays it was day two of seven where we are putting on some of the roof, uh, some of the roof, and I won't get into all the details and geek out about the framing. But in essence, like the roof comes in a package with a bunch of wood that's already pre-constructed um, called trusses, and I wanted to get the porch up that day, but it didn't look like it was happening, and I was getting a little frustrated, so I said, fine, like, I'll just pull the roof trusses over to the front of the porch because they were out kind of in the street a little bit, and when you go, when you start working at Habitat uh, or any construction job, for the most part, you are given kind of your uh, like safety measures you're supposed to supposed to follow. So wear safety glasses when using your, your saws, kind of all these different things. And one of them is they teach you how to lift with your legs so you don't you know hurt your back. And so I listened to all that. I'm like 24 at the time, you know, super spry, peak physical condition. And I'm like, I'm sure, like whatever. And so I get to, so I learned all the things I was supposed to learn how to pick it up, but, I, I, but these trusses, they needed to get from kind of point A to point B and they needed to do it quickly. So I just went over and just grabbed the truss, you know, this big old porch truss, kind of a thing of the roof over the, uh, over the porch. I grabbed the truss and I got to like right here and like I was just toast. I couldn't move anymore, and I just kind of slowly, like, fell down and just lying in the middle of the street in Atlanta. Like, I could not move. Volunteers are going, I mean, nail guns are popping off, you know, all over the house. And I'm like, I I am worthless right now. Sat down there, laid down in the street. Somebody had to come take over the bill and just kind of put me in a car, like, get get me to my car to where I could, like, lie down and, you know, take some Advil or ibuprofen and kind of get back to uh, well enough to where I can go home. But I will tell you, that what happened is that I never mess up a lifting anything ever again. I will be at Home Depot and there'll be like a 60 pound bag of concrete and I'll be like, hey buddy, can you like help? Like I'm gonna go down, you get that side, we're gonna do this together. And the guy's like, you're like 39, like what's going on? I'm like, just trust me, like I just need your help. We're gonna take these one by one, put them in the back of my van. But the reality is that when that happened, when I was lying, you know, on my back in the, in the street, uh in southwest Atlanta, I didn't know any new knowledge. Like, I, had no, I knew how to lift. I knew that uh, you have to take care of your back. Like, my dad has back issues. Like, I know the drill, but the experience changed me forever going forward. Knowledge alone is not enough. We have to experience who... God is. And so for Lent, we're going to invite you to give something up. And it's not to earn anything from God, but it is a spiritual discipline for our own good. We're going to invite you to give something up. That could be uh, fasting from uh, social media or technology or whatever it is. But we invite you not only to give something up, but we invite you to replace it with something that you need for your own spiritual health. And for me, I need to replace it with worship and you may be wired like me you may need or you may be wired differently you may need to replace it with something else but for me i need to replace it for worship and i with worship and i know that because of the third point here is that we what we're going to learn from this passage is that we need each other James and John and Peter are up there, and Peter's the one that says, you know, he says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And people, you know, you read commentaries, Peter gets all sorts of flack for this. And I'm like, buddy, like, I mean, he's kind of like in the moment, just feeling himself, like enjoying being up there, being like, I want to hang out with these guys forever. I don't see anything wrong with Peter's request, to be honest. And what I do see in this is that Peter feels in a way that I don't know that James and John do. He experiences something that I don't know that James and John do. And I think his ability to feel to feel that experience is incredibly important to the life of the early church. And it definitely, you know, like it gets him in trouble, he chops off a dude's ear at some point because he's feeling too much uh, later on in the story. And, but I, I wonder, I'm curious if his kind of emotional connection rubs off on the other disciples that maybe were were more kind of intellectual or practical in their nature. Because when I think about the church today, I can't tell you enough how incredibly important it is that we have each other and that we are wired differently. Worship and prayer this past Wednesday when we kind of cleared everything out and the worship band played for about an hour and we just worshiped and then we prayed. It's very simple. And Leon asked me the next day, "How? Like, what did I think about it? And I told him, I said, Leon, or pa- I call him Leon. You can call him whatever, you know, Pastor Mac. It always is weird one. I'm like, Pastor Mac, when I tell you guys that story. Because I don't actually call him that. We call him Leon. But I said, Leon, we would never do this if it was just me. We wouldn't. Because I'm not wired, I'm not wired to connect with the Lord naturally in that way. But for me to sit in a chair right over here for an hour was maybe the healthiest thing possible for me. Like we are a healthier church because of Rachel and other worship team members that lead us, that connect with the Lord in a specific way, that help those of us that don't connect as well in that way. To be as healthy as we can be. We desperately need the Peters of the church. And the Peters need the James and the Johns. There's those of us that are more practical in nature. And they need, you know, the the, the Peters, the, the, you know, Rachel's needs, needs some of those as well. Like we're a group together. When we think about Corinthians, we are a body. And that body is not just one part repeated over and over again. It's a hand and a foot and, a, and eyes and ears. Like there are all sorts of parts of the body that are necessary for our health. And the last point, and Jason, if you don't mind coming up, the last point that we see from this passage is that our response is a calling to submit to Jesus. So our response from worship, we see Jesus for who he is, we worship Jesus and we get help from our brothers and sisters in Christ, and then we submit to Jesus. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, God speaking, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him! Exclamation point. The response is a life in submission to the teachings of Jesus, a life that's molded by this transfigured Savior. And the beautiful part about this is that we can commit, we can communicate our love for him by living out a life following his commands, trusting him not to earn anything, but because he first loved us. And if we need a reminder of that, we get it every single Sunday in Communion. As we head to the communion table, I want you to partake of communion and we are spiritually fed through this sacrament. What I want you to partake, and as you do, you remember that Jesus died and rose again for you. And because of his sacrifice, he earns our trust. And what that trust looks like is a life in submission to the commandments of him. So take a moment now as we head to the table and just confess sin before Jesus and be as honest as you can be knowing that he loves you with the same love that God loves him.